Welcome to Little Detours with Regina Webb, where in 10 minutes or less, you get tips, tools, and takeaways to help you love yourself, your life, and everyone in it. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Regina Brett. People constantly say, get out of your comfort zone. I say, climb into it, get cozy, and savor it. We all need a comfort zone. Once you spent time in it to reboot, restore, and renew your soul, then when you leave it, you can actually do more creative and courageous things in the world. Even Superman needed a fortress of solitude. It was the one place where nothing and no one could hurt him. In his sanctuary, he was quietly surrounded by reminders of the parents who loved him, trophies and treasures and souvenirs from past adventures. I've talked to women who have no place in their home to call their own, no spot to meditate, to read a book or write in a journal without bumping into toys, laundry, or a needy child. We all need a place to relax, read, pray, cry, or rest where we aren't tripping over Legos, crushing stray Cheerios, or hearing someone scream, Mom! One year I bought a nightstand and declared it my comfort zone. It's shaped like a big cube and has two small drawers that open, a cupboard with a door, and a flat pull-out writing surface, which I love as a writer. Inside the cupboard, I put my favorite hand lotion, my dream journal, coloring books, markers, and inspirational books. In one drawer, I keep my abundance journal and all the sweet birthday, Valentine's Day cards and anniversary cards my husband has sent me. The smallest drawer holds essential oils, chapstick, a flashlight, a notepad, and pen. And on top, in a ceramic cup, there are tons of pens next to a small alarm clock and my water bottle. Your comfort zone can be a drawer, a room, a box, a closet, or something portable like a suitcase or a beautiful canvas box filled with the things that nurture your heart and fill your soul. You can carry it to a spot, set out a scarf or a pretty placemat to mark your turf. You can make any place holy. Any chair can become a reading refuge with the right books, plants, pillows, and light. The focus of your comfort zone could be a chair or a view or a window where the sunlight streams in from dawn to dusk. The key is that the space reflects you and nurtures you. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You can go to garage sales, flea markets, thrift stores, or simply look around the house and see what you already have that you could move elsewhere to make it have more meaning. You might want to reclaim a space. The house I lived in for 23 years came with a side porch. For years, we used it to store firewood, and that was it. It was basically a home for spiders. It was right next to the driveway, so it didn't really feel all that inviting. For a while, we talked of building a deck on our backyard, and I spent a year drawing up plans. The projected costs kept rising. Then one day it hit me. Why aren't we using our side porch? It already had a roof over it to block up the sun and the rain. So I started collecting ideas from all the house furnishing catalogs. It didn't cost much to turn it into a room. We just bought a fan on sale at Lowe's, twinkle lights at Target, and tore down twisted ropes of ivy from our trees and turned it into art and hung it on the wall. We put ferns alongside to block the neighbor's house and splurged on an outdoor couch, porch swing, and piles of pillows. I turned that side porch into my fortress of solitude. My brother-in-law Gary sells real estate in South Beach, Florida. He's got designer DNA. Whenever Gary visits, with one quick look, he can tell me how to make every room look more beautiful, relaxing, and engaging. 
He said it's all about being flexible with what you already own and move that painting, pillow, rug, chair, or comforter to a new spot. You can actually make your entire home your comfort zone. Why should any room feel uncomfortable? So one year I decided to own every room of my house. I typed up a room template on a sheet of paper with a list of questions to ask each room and then I left a space to write in the answer. Give it a try. Grab a piece of blank paper for each room in your house, even the smallest bathroom. At the top write the name of the room and the date and then get quiet and spend an hour in each room answering these questions. Do it alone so you don't bump into anyone else's dream. Questions. What is this room's current function? What do you do in this room? What is this room's ideal function? What would you like to do in here? Who uses the room right now? Ideally, who should be using the room? What should the room contain? What should it not contain? What must go? How do you feel in this space? How do you want to feel in here? What do you like most about the room? What do you like least about the space? What in this room stresses you out? What makes you feel calm, cozy, and happy? What do you need from this space? What do you want from this space? What do others need from this space? As much as I wanted my living room to be my sanctuary, I'm also married, so I had to ask, what does my husband need? What's the focal point of the room? What do you want to be the focal point? How can this space make me happier or calmer? What do you love best in the room? What do you like least? What needs downplayed, removed, or changed? What adjectives describe your least favorite feature or spot? What adjectives describe your favorite feature or spot? What in this room reflects who you are right now and who you want to be? What represents who you're not and no longer need to be? My daughter got everything she needed from her kitchen except calm. It's a place where she cooks for three children who all want to eat something different than whatever is for dinner. One day, she bought a beautiful serene painting from her favorite artist and hung it on the wall. Voila! Her kitchen is her sanctuary, no matter how fussy everyone else feels. Our living room had too many vocal points. A fireplace, a big TV, a piano, two side doors. So we decided to choose the fireplace as the focal point. We hired someone to remove the ugly burn orange tile and install a calming cobblestone of grays and beige. It became the centerpiece. We spent money to close off one door and build a wall of bookshelves. That 1920s home had a third floor bathroom with an old clawfoot tub. We wanted to add a shower for guests, but the ceiling was too low. Our construction crew fashioned a thin circle out of metal pipes to hold a curtain. I added a white cotton curtain with embroidered edges and a plastic liner. It looked like a wedding veil suspended from a halo. I could pull the curtain around the tub when I took a bubble bath. And being on the third floor, my view was the inside of a tree canopy. It was like taking a bath in a treehouse. If you can't figure out where to begin, get out of the house. Go to a bookstore or a library. Sit with some magazines and tea and see what speaks to you. Rip out the pages of catalogs and create a vision book of the lamp, the end table, or the chair you want to own. You don't have to take everything out of the room to change it. You can measure and draw the room, empty and black marker, 
then get tracing paper and draw different versions on top of the room. You can cut out squares of your furniture to scale and move them around. It's a lot easier to move pieces of paper furniture than the actual furniture. As a single mom for 18 years, we didn't have money to move or buy new things, but it cost nothing to rearrange the furniture. The secret to doing it yourself? We would pop a towel underneath one end and scoot it across the floor. Simple things like scented candles, fresh herbs, pillows, soothing music, or an open window to listen to the birds can make an ordinary spot an oasis. When you do a bit of interior decorating, the interior of you feels honored by the changes too. A bamboo plant sitting in a bowl of watery pebbles adds to my bathroom calm. Knickknacks from Poland decorate the window pane to remind me of my friends there. You can paint a room or just one wall a new color. I painted one wall of my office a dark shade of blue. I called it museum blue. It was a deep, lovely shade of blue, the kind they use in art museums. It was like staring into an endless ocean. Once you have your comfort zone set up, you can rededicate the space by waving burning sage through the room, lighting a scented candle, or holding a blessing ceremony with friends. Why not give it a new name? The loft, the sanctuary, the refuge. My friend took over the balcony of her second floor, added a rug, a plant, and a chair, and named it Cheryl's Oasis. Before you move or buy another thing, start with what you have, your imagination. The geographic cure of moving might simply invite more clutter. The secret is to change you before you change houses. Then you might not need to move. Thanks for listening to Little Detours with Regina Brett. I'm grateful that you joined me and hope you keep coming back. You can subscribe to Little Detours with Regina Brett at Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, please give me a rating and review and write comments so I can reach even more people. If you want more inspiration, head to my website, reginabrett.com. And while you're there, sign up for weekly inspiration for all of life's little detours. Thanks for listening. Now go make something possible.